Welcome to the People Person's Paper Podcast, the show where we are going episode by episode through every episode of the hit NBC sitcom The Office. My name is Hilton Price. With me every week, as always, is my buddy and co-host, Mr. Brian Sittler. Hello. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm not as good as you are because you have seen the promised land. Which one? You have been to the fabled land of Scranton, haven't you? I have not yet. Not yet? Wait, 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 wait. Not not at at this point. Okay. I will. Maybe by the time people are hearing this, I will have. I I, no, I was going to actually try and get this one edited quickly. (laughs) I appreciate you calling me out on my slow editing. That's the kind of passive aggressiveness we bring to you here at the uh, People People Persons Paper Podcast, folks. Well earned, well earned. Yes, I have been behind on the editing. But I have been to Indiana. (laughs) You were in Indiana. Okay, I thought on your way, because you just got back from the trip. No less fabled. Seeing fish. Yeah, three times. Three times out there in Indiana? Fantastic. Trifecta. Yeah, shows 37, 38, 39. Oh, man, almost 40. Well, 40 is reserved for um, New York, Bethel, New York. New York. Love it. So, Woodstock, Wood cool. if you will. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but 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 you do still have a trip to Scranton coming I up. I do, and yeah, before the oh, Bethel, I it's going to be the Scranton. Oh, I knew I should have asked, asked you about it all. Because uh, I, I was convinced you'd already been. I think some, something yet. told me you'd already been. Not yet, but it's uh, coming. It's coming. Portrait is coming. Uh, all the sites. When is, when, is that, <laughs> when is that trip now? That is uh, around July 20th. Okay. I, I'm hoping we will get a few more episodes. I in think we will. That. I think we will. We, but we, I'll, I'll fill you all in eventually. Don't we, worry. We keep claiming we're going to get back on a better schedule. And to all the listeners, we're so glad hey, you've man. been sticking with us. Yeah, we're still in a pandemic here, folks. So... That's true. You know, we were way late. Both we, of us we were, got the COVID nineteen. We got the cornbread nineteen. The cornbread, the co- the cornbread, <laughs> the beans and cornbread nineteen. Uh, all of it. Uh, we're here. We're back. Ready to rock. Sitting in comfy chairs. Yeah. Oh, aren't they? With no need of a new copier. None. I, uh, I the lumbar support is fantastic. Fantastic lumbar support. <laughs> it's nice to have that. Lumbar support yeah. is the kind of thing you don't realize you need until it's gone. Damn right. Uh, uh, it's yeah. also not a thing you realize you need until you hit forty. Uh, for a lot of people, not everyone, I get you, but but for yeah. a lot of us, yeah, yeah, the vast majority by that point, folks. That's, show. that's when I, I I get maybe I'm lucky, but that's mm. when I noticed uh, my lumbar. Did you my lumbar and my lack <laughs> of lumbar support? Uh, once you have it, once it's gone. Uh, yeah, don't know exactly. what you got. Cinderella said it best. Don't know what you got till it's gone. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, that how much wisdom comes from Cinderella. Uh, you don't mm. know what you got till it's gone. Hey, where'd my shoe go? Just a lot of classic lines. Lots, uh, lots uh, from Cinderella. The uh, yeah, it's 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 endless. Slipper, slipper, not yeah, shoe. That too. I get it mixed up. Uh, we are watching episode nine of season five, the surplus. The surplus. Uh, here's the, uh, my big question: What were you doing when you were six? Um, I didn't have a lemonade stand. I'll no, tell you that much. Not trying to ensure that you get ten dollars this year. Uh, for yeah, your lemonade stand, despite <laughs> only needing nine last year. I wasn't budgeting. I'll tell you that much. No. Um, but apparently, I don't know that six-year-old in in uh, uh, hypothetical six-year-old Michael, five-year-old Michael needs to, you know, think of it that way. It's such an interesting. Um, Kudos example. to Oscar too. Oh yeah, it's a great Oscar episode. Uh, mm. uh, he gets mm. to shine a he does. lot. In this. Uh, he does not just in the open, but throughout the whole episode. I mean, I I had to feel for him because um, 
literally about two days ago. I, I I handle the budget on our team. Really? At my work. Oh, okay. And so I, I um, I, I well, not sympathize. Like I, well, maybe not empathize because I don't have to do, go through what he because my 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 <laughs> my superiors are vastly smarter than Michael Scott. Oh. So I don't have to explain wow. things like they're five or something like that. So, but but it just did remind me. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I just did this really recently, and I get what he's saying. Very good. I like how when Oscar breaks it down with the lemonade stand metaphor, how the only piece of information Michael really locks onto is the piece of information that he himself provided. This is true. This is an early version of when uh, Pam comes in later and uh, he points out the fact that not everybody sits on a copier. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he just... It's the sitting. It, it, he is just drawn to that one little detail that doesn't really matter. Yeah. That the rest of us don't care about, but he does. <laughs> well, and the uh, he's at a crossroads, people. Well, I just love it how you know he he says, "Tell it to me like I'm five. Yes, and Oscar well, introduces eight first, right? Uh, he eight. says eight, yeah. And then and he that, then breaks down even simpler. <laughs> oh, he's five. So he, so Michael's got the age established. Oscar introduces lemonade stand. The amount of money it took to run it ten bucks, yeah. one dollar left over. That's your surplus. Yeah, yeah. Next year, the subsequent year, and the only detail that Michael has retained from all this is the one he supplied. I'm five. Yeah. I.e. development. <laughs> I'm now six. He, he did. He did cop one other thing only because Oscar said it first. Yes. Surplus. So, oh, yeah. This is a surplus. Yeah. He, he has to repeat it. Like, oh, that. Oh, okay. Which is not. It, it's not understanding. <laughs> it's parroting. Exactly. It's exactly. Exactly. Which is classic Michael. And honestly, in sales, there's a technique called mirroring. Oh, yes. And I'm not a salesperson. So uh, some of our listeners are going to know this better than me. But it has to do with. Uh, creating a sense of trust and intimacy with the potential client yes. through mirroring their actions yep. to show that you're a safe and secure. Uh, you know, I don't know. You remember, remember when Andy went into anger management? One yeah. of his tactics was yeah. going to be mirroring. Exactly. Because yeah. he's a, because he's a sociopath. Probably where I learned this. Mm. We all we all did at one point yeah. <laughs> on our own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of us did. Well, and so, <laughs> but really, it works. <laughs> And so, which it, it, it kind of plays to the ongoing narrative about how Michael was such a stronger salesman mm. than a boss. Because mm. these same, te te same techniques that he's using <laughs> here, where he just kind of does what people says what they say does. and acts like he knows what's going on through repeating the key. Uh, I will call. I'd like to take everybody back to season one, episode three, healthcare, when he was given the task to. Uh, choose a healthcare plan for his employees. You might recall he schlepped it off on Dwight mm -hmm. and then never, ever, ever could make a decision, was too late, and then ended up making the worst, uh, then ended up going with the worst choice. Well, and here, uh, and, and uh, this was kind of a benefit, though, because not only do we get great Oscar moments in the uh, beginning and middle of the episode, yeah. but thanks to Michael's indecisiveness, he does throw it down to Hugh Dane. <laughs> Thank as, uh, goodness. As, um, Hank! As Hank, Hank the security guard. Oh, Thank you. Hank. Oh. Great, great oh, scene with Hank at the such end. Such a... <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, I gleamed something new on, the, on this, um, reading something. Yeah. Somebody said that... He was just, Hank, ultimately, all he wanted to do was just take his time as much as he could because it was so nice and warm upstairs. Yeah, he enjoyed the office. He was, <laughs> And somehow that was lost. Even though he says that when he gets up, oh, it's real nice up here. Mm -hmm. And he says he's eating the candy. And uh, I, just, I just love the fact, oh, yeah, let me see the copy again. Yep. And then even Michael at that point. Yeah, Michael, I, I think it's interesting how fast Michael uh, loses his faith in, in Hank's uh, decision-making ability. 
Well, he knows times. I mean, even he knows at a, at a certain point that time's a waste, and and that um, you know he had he 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 got a good look at that copier inside and out, and um, felt all the chairs, all the chair, the one chair, and you know he just at, he 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 should have known at that point. Michael even knew it. He's just up here for the heat. Get get out of here. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, and he can be surprisingly um, uh, he can surprisingly uh, see through some bullshit sometimes. He's he can, he's observant. Sometimes, he's perceptive. He's semi perceptive at semi, times. Semi, uh, maybe maybe more quarterly. <laughs> uh, what I love about that scene with Hank uh, is how much it harkens back to some of the strengths of the early Office. It that scene plays out slowly. That scene has a lot of silence. It has a lot of these. Uh, long pregnant pauses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really uh, it plays in the 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 space between the script, mm-hmm. and 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 that's not something we'd seen in a minute. And it no. adds tension, which when released through the dialogue that eventually comes, makes it so funny. Definitely, and and just uh, how calculating and important it looks. And he's choosing between copier and a chair. I mean, that's what that's what it comes down to, and and it seems so important i don't know to him <laughs> to make it you know we all know it's mocking but thank goodness we've actually explored all these other characters this is something they couldn't do in season one we get to we can throw hank into this mess mm-hmm. like oh good we can and you know my if my if we had known more characters in season one i'm sure that michael would have gone to them too oh yeah about the health care plan yeah. and go ahead well and it's it's i mean that's the nature of a show obviously is, is you have to choose especially when you have your 22 minutes or so to tell your story each week you have to choose where you're going to spend it and and as much as there uh, there are shows that pull off the true ensemble cast early on and uh-huh. do it well mm-hmm. it is definitely more common and, and and oftentimes more successful to have a core cast who you can focus your story on introduce warm your your audience up to them and then you slowly grow from there we see it so often in shows and mm-hmm. and with the limited exception you get a show like uh, arrested development comes to mind mm-hmm. that really had a, a, an ensemble cast mm-hmm. uh, with everyone from uh, Jeffrey Tambor to Je- Jessica Walters uh, through uh, Tony Hale um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I still feel really bad. I haven't finished season one on that yet. Really? You have yeah. not? Oh, I, need I would get back on that. The first three, for sure. Uh, okay. and, and really, just for all of our viewers who are just big television fans, uh, if you're not, if you, if I got through the first three seasons sure. of Arrested Development, I'm sure most of them have already seen enjoyed. it because it was really that big at the time. It was the first streaming, for, first, uh, what would you say, binge watch streamed, yeah. like. Like that, I can remember. Back it in and the office to me both felt like they really came up kind of together. Yeah, uh, uh, Thirty Rock too. I can rope into that, and, I, and not just because of my own personal viewing habits, but I felt like they were some of the most prominent ones on Netflix in the early years of its streaming dominance. Man, uh, I'll take a quick uh, detour, semi detour for a second, but I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul lately because it's my obsession right now. I feel like um, you know it's funny because Breaking Bad on the dramatic side was in that same boat. Yes, I feel. exactly. Yeah, no, very, very true, very true. But had Bob Odenkirk been hired instead of Steve Carell, it would have been crazy to see, for us Mr. Show fans, The Office and then Arrested Development both be huge shows with yeah. the same guy, <laughs> right? Like yeah, in, main, in mainstream, yeah. Because because Mister Show was fringe, I think at best back in the nineties, exactly. So, and um, then to see um, David Cross blow up, in, yeah. in Arrested Development, yes, that's uh, what I should have said, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then and David Cross was interesting because he seemed to get that mainstream success a little more 
prominently first. Right. Yeah. Through AD, and then through he had a, he was in I think Scary Movie Two. You was. know, he had a few uh, a few more high profile roles, whereas Bob Odenkirk seemed to still be on the kind of the writing side for a while. Right. Yeah. 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 He made a he he, he talks about it actually. Um, he made a but he made a couple movie or he made a movie or two that didn't really do anything, and yeah. he was in a couple things that just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then Breaking Bad came out of you know kind of kind of nowhere more or less but they knew but but the but what i love the other detail i just learned last week was that the the creators of breaking bad wanted him because of mr show yeah and uh not not because of God, what was the other thing forgetting but uh, uh anyway bob, bob i'm not sure what else did uh, he do uh there I was the something ben stiller show or yeah, yeah 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 ben stiller show um or something big i'm forgetting but either way i was glad that they did that uh yeah uh, was Bob? O- no, no. Will Arnett was in Sopranos. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he could, um, he could have fit in Sopranos. Yeah. He could have been he could have been uh, whoever yeah. like Robert Patrick's character was that got okay. Uh, the guy Tony beat up. It was like his friend, like who had the gambling problem. Yeah, sure. He would have been perfect. Been Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. But it's all good. Yeah. Either way, uh, well, one day we will branch this show <laughs> off into a, another show where we just gab on about TV shows we like. Yeah, it'll y'all, be uh, y'all like that, right? We, uh, y'all, y'all, y'all haven't like stopped skipping to ha- skipping ahead, skipping ahead, right? Thirty seconds forward button. Either uh, way, let us know. Drop us an email at yeah. uh, p four podcast at uh, gmail That is still not a real email address. It's just the best fake address on the net. Message us on Facebook if you want to get hold of us. Yeah, or personally, find us. Carrier pigeon. We're, we're around. We're not that shy. That's true. But what we don't have is a new copier, and neither does the office. <sighs> and 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 uh, I mean, the other crossroads we're coming to in this whole copier chair thing, as Pam would say, is um, the little drama that plays out between her and Jim. That is this, so great. This uh, this whole yeah, it really it's kind of one of their first conflicts i would say yeah um well and 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 the writers wrote very deftly around the conflict to yeah. keep it very playful yeah. very sweet even those moments yeah. where they are very much almost threatening each other there's a little kiss yep. you know oh yeah 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 it's uh it is a, <laughs> he seems more threatened than her yeah that's for but sure but he gets her at the end he does get, no no he does yeah. he does i was actually kind of hoping there would have been some deleted scene um yeah, involving that, but there wasn't. I guess there. The only thing we saw was there was when in the deleted oh, scenes, Michael oh. starts. He, yeah, he when he goes back and, flip, and he flip flops, and she, she looks at him. Yeah, they have a little back and forth. But that bit, the way that she says, you know, I really think you should come around the right word, but menacing somewhat, there. Yeah. Then to the scheming and the talking heads, uh, it's on. Yeah, oh, it's it on. on. Yeah. <laughs> to the I, sexy and playful when she's talking to Michael and flirting with him. And that just feels so wrong, especially the first time. You right? See it. That's like, oh, man, that's, that's my buddy's gal. I, I, I kind of can't, <laughs> can't be looking at her like that. I mean, this whole episode is basically a Michael wet dream. Yeah. He gets. He gets his ass kissed for about 95% of it. That's why I love the choices they made. We watched the deleted scenes, and in the deleted scenes, we had a talking head with him realizing they were kissing his ass for a reason. Yes. We had a scene with him reading nasty jokes to them while sitting on a table and wearing glasses, yeah. you noticed, in the conference Are we sure that room. was Michael? Like, right? I was like, it was that, was Steve. Okay. that was Steve Carell. Steve Carell wears glasses. Michael doesn't. That makes more sense. But uh, no. we had you, Michael on the table. Steve impersonating Michael. We had him taking advantage <laughs> of the staff. Because he knew they were sucking up to him. Yeah. And then we had him pacing around, indecisive, annoying them. Classic annoying Making them. Making Phyllis uh, uh, nauseous, yep. almost. And telling, getting Stanley yeah. to gripe at him. <laughs> These scenes were so much like other episodes where Michael is tasked with something and he has to deal with it. And he, A, 
has a moment of realization in a talking head that we don't see in this his in the playthrough. Yeah. He takes advantage of them. He annoys them. We've seen that a million times before. What we haven't seen yeah. is them showering him with adoration. Exactly. With them taking him out to lunch, laughing at his jokes, wooing him for fuck's sake. I like I like that we I think some I think most everybody wanted the chairs, but I like that we don't exactly know who who wants what. Yeah. They're just wooing him or they're being like Kelly's opening the door for it. That whole one shot scene is still just one of my favorite things in yep. this whole show. Forever. I mean, I I don't know why. It's I don't know. It's, it's great. It's just so perfect. It's you know they have that scene. Is it the season six opener where they do the lip dub? Seven. Seven. Yeah. It's season seven is the lip yep. dub, and they shoot it. Yeah, one shot. One shot. That's a neat thing, but that is itself born of these old one shot take scenes in right. the show where the camera follows it's him an, walking through the office. It's an homage to something else. I don't know. Like, maybe. maybe some, just, something or other. You but know, yes, you're right. It's a it style is. that's definitely developed over time. We yes. see it in a lot of different versions. True. Of it. True. But you're right. It does. It is like the first shot in the show when he's walking in, walking through. And it's always entertaining. You know, th- those things can be done really well to like add a sense of a slice of life, to add a sense of being there to a show. That's like to see that and to have it not edited so much with quick takes and, and, and quick cuts mm-hmm. is to see that, wow, you get a sense of the how much he's being inundated with his office trying to push him one way or the other. I also like his little um, his take on uh, when Kelly opens the door. He's like, oh, shiv- oh yeah, his take on chivalry, how it's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Very open. <laughs> Does this not have to be men, does it? Yeah. I don't think. No, I, I, don't, no. I mean, <laughs> it could go both ways, right? But, no, but but, but, but the term but he itself is, kind of is misunderstanding not, it. Yeah, totally. you know, he's not getting it. He's yeah. I chortled shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just his classic um, mix, making something incorrect. Yeah, yeah. It's like three percent correct. It, it, it's a how the turn tables exactly. You know? Like the act itself is right, but everything else is wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> No, it's it's uh it's perfect, and I and I think that we also as, as far as the chairs, yeah. where I sympathize. Well, first of all, Jim, this is how this could have been solved in the first place. Jim just could have just had Pam to keep making, not feel weird, and then have her keep making copies for him, and then yeah. we and then he could have been on team chairs. Yeah, yeah. But poor Pam has been through hell, and Creed is just sitting. We know. I wish we would have had a. We wish we had a follow up scene with Creed because he's been waiting for Pam's old chair, and uh-huh. then he needs one more, and we don't know why, but it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like, yeah. We know he. So we know he's on team chairs. Yeah. <laughs> but this also goes back to the episode of Chair Model. Uh huh. Pam's. She's right. This is a year ago. She's yeah. been waiting for this, and this has just kind of been sitting there the we, whole time. Which is kind of cool because we don't see a lot of like in-show continuity in this, no. and we do get a, like, oh yeah, last it year kind of, she was. It kind of re-comes up like every time. Oh, oh my god! Like, yeah. yeah, she's been, she's been, she's had two engagements, one share the whole time. Uh huh. I get what I get where she's coming. From. I'm on, I'm on her side. And we've even seen the. Um, uh, chair in the deleted scenes, and yeah, it's kind of a gross, nasty chair. It is. It looks yes. real weak. It looks like a lame chair. Yeah, yeah. I liked how they did that, yeah. and it, it definitely seemed like a deleted scene. Yeah. But I'm glad they showed it at least, or tried to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it does look shitty. 
And you know that's another thing too, and that's another why 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 I thought the Hank scene was so great with the kind of the pauses is because one thing about getting so many characters in each episode and making sure they get good screen time is that we don't have a lot of time to let scenes breathe. Yeah. We, we we are going quickly through each story, yeah. maybe quicker fast, fast, than we fast, did in fast. seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see the uh, um, most of the like all the scenes out of Shrew Farms are pretty quick. Yeah. Like they're all yeah, and they're funny that way. That it works for that. Yeah, well, but I'll tell you too. At the same time, we did lose a little bit of what was happening there. Sure. So we've got Angie, uh, Angela, and Andy are in Angie. We got Angela and Andy <laughs> Ange. at Shrewd Farms, uh, which they have now chosen to be their wedding venue. That's right, because because Andy has put has seen twelve venues, eight lost eight deposits, and has seen Angela's naked zero times. Zero times, uh, and, and poor Andy, really, uh, especially uh, yeah, uh, he's very um, yeah, he's very third wheel. This yeah. whole episode, and, and, and funny, and we know. I mean, everybody knows, and he's the only one who doesn't know. Dwight Angela is still very much in love, and and we see very it, much getting it on. We see it <clears throat> in the ceremony scene, the way she's looking at him, and, and yeah, when she finds out this has been a, a, a an actual ceremony, she is livid. Yeah, so but, so livid. But when she when it's a pretend ceremony that she's envisioning possibly being with Dwight, she is on board. She's on cloud nine. That look in her eye, yeah. you can tell that she wants to be up there with Dwight. Oh, my God. She sells that. Kudos yeah. to Angela Kinsey on that. She looks so just smitten. Really? I mean, and then, which, which kind of makes sense how upset she would be after learning what she finds out from Dwight on being suckered into marrying him Yeah. Uh, uh, through the back door, so to speak. And then so livid that she would kiss Andy right after he ate a tuna fish sandwich. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> in front of Dwight <laughs> pushes her to Andy that much harder. Um, which moron. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I really feel like this is a story that I, I, I don't know if maybe we're going to see bits and pieces in future deleted scenes, but I don't feel like they really developed the story as much as they did going forward this season. Mm. Because this turmoil about and how much she's wrestling with the one and how it's pushing her to the other this could go so much deeper and it was it was often left very surface you know and i you're right and i think maybe that's just because maybe they didn't want to go because they'd gone so deep with jim and pam maybe, maybe. they kind of wanted to keep that for the quote unquote more side characters maybe. just keep it to a certain maybe level they confident maybe. enough that Angela and Dwight could carry storylines more well I mean this goes to like the very end so I mean maybe they were just keeping it light just so they'd have more ideas like by the by the end of the show I don't know maybe, maybe I'm that, that, maybe that's total BS so they could use it later maybe I mean she they go through so many phases I've kind of forgotten like yeah like, wait, what happens to him between eight and nine? Like, I don't even remember almost. Well, that's been a big thing for me as I've always, I, you know, I've always been very happy that Angela and Dwight end up together, but I've always felt like it was a little bit screwy towards the end. Sure. So this, this watch through for me has very much been also about keeping an eye out for those moments to see if I can see it mm -hmm. and see it choreographed sooner. Yeah. Uh, so I really, in this episode, that, that wedding scene and how <laughs> much he is creating something for her that really has nothing to do with Andy. Right. Is so interesting to me. It is. It is. And and he even gets his own minister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Close uh, society minister. Oh yeah, a little bit. Only speaks German. Uh, and is is doing the full on ceremony and it, and Dwight is talking him through it in a way that gets her to say exactly what he needs her to say. It's it's 
And Andy is say, Andy is he is excited. Huge grin, huge grin the whole time. So excited. It's it's it, it, it. You know, this show introduced a lot of people to what cuckolding was. You know, unfortunately. <laughs> and if they didn't, and if they only had heard of it afterwards, yeah. then they got to see it on full force. And they're like, oh, <laughs> full display. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for all the shit that Ed, Ed, Andy gets, he's essentially cuckolded. Multiple times. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know. He, he, he questions his own sexuality. Uh-huh. He's emasculated at multiple turns. He's ostracized by his family. Yeah. And then and then and then season nine ha- or season it's early season nine when he. The America's Got Talent. Yeah. Stuff or well, whatever. well, when he well, when he comes back from the the uh, the the the, um, the camp that he goes to or whatever the. The, the the corporate like the improve yourself camp or whatever oh, that I forgot all yeah about like that. there's a part like he goes off on you know some sabbatical or some shit and then he comes back and he and that's when he's got like the longer hair and he's a total douche yeah. again well isn't that after it's the after boat? The, it's yeah it's after the boat and after he did the hangover and all that stuff oh. and that we can get into all that later but I have a feeling <coughs> we're gonna hate the Andy chapters in those those <laughs> I, episodes I just feel like I should like the character more given all the shit that he goes through. Literally and figuratively. Oh, there's a lot his, of shit in this episode. <laughs> as you were saying, he had of uh, looking out. Speaking of that, that's what he should have been multiple times at that. Yeah, in that compound. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I that scene in the kitchen, uh, and we saw we saw the deleted scene we where did. he, he kind of is washing it off. And I like the one. It. I like the one they used when yeah. he steps on it in the kitchen. That was the better take. Yeah, I think because it's why is this here? <laughs> and then they cut, but. <laughs> But but excluding the Moe's deleted scenes, I think was a mistake. That Moe's scene was great. Though. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, you made um, and I'm blanking on his name. The actual actor, Michael Shore. Thank you. To ma- making Michael Shore, and I've heard him talk about having to get in the costume, and he was not happy about having to do that. Like pretty, he's like he's a pretty, I don't know, pretty prim and proper guy, I guess. Yeah. And and um, they kind of basically made him do it. But he was so good at it that of course they would. But, um, oh, yeah. but like to make him do that, get in co- character, and I don't, I think, I don't think he's actually in the episode. No, he's yeah. in all the deleted scenes. You're right. Yeah, I'm not sure he's in the episode. Like that Except just seems... maybe in the background or two, in a two or scenes of maybe. the street farm scenes. <laughs> God, even him just holding up that picture, <laughs> just walking up to. Oh, and Angela's little, like she hisses at him like a cat. She <laughs> basically goes cat on Moe's. <laughs> And then they have to explain to Andy how she doesn't know him. Yes. <laughs> how do you know him? He loves you. What? <laughs> he loves everybody. <laughs> Most does love everybody, I guess. Yeah, he probably would. But could, I, I don't know. I think I definitely watched the deleted scenes. If you have not. Yeah, they were fun. You do. You, you get a lot of fun out of it that you don't always get. But this is a fun. This whole episode is fun. It's fun. And it's extra fun because it's it felt easy to break down. It's very yeah regimented. And it's. The way it's done, it's really focused really well, and it's it's just it's it it it, it sets out a very clear goal in story A, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got a pretty clear goal uh, when you see it from the end at story B. Mm-hmm. You know, you think it's about just them looking out the venue, yeah. and then it really is about Dwight's deception. Yeah, um, and then and then even story A just has like a, a little semi side story, small one with Jim and Pam. With Jim and Pam, just an exactly. off. It's more yeah. of an off growth, yeah. really. And that's really kind of, and we've talked about it's typically been a three story thing in a lot of these episodes. Yeah. And this usually. is kind of the same thing, but they keep it very simple. This is yeah. just 
tight. And yeah, it's very tight. And we talk a lot about the tight, the tight writing. Econ- on this economical. Show. What was it? What's the uh, economic storytelling? Economic storytelling. Yeah, and perfect. And and we see that uh, on on ex- exemplary display here. <laughs> the the people who and yeah, shout out to um, uh, yeah, written by Lee Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepniski. They're both one of the big. Um, oh yeah, they're they're one of the best. They're some of the best writers. And then directed by Paul Feig, who's classic. One of the big directors of this whole series so it really so we got it, we got masters it explains why it was really just such a a, a classic episode and you know uh, and i guess it's not even like you can't even call it a ship episode or anything because they do have sh- scenes on location at true farm it's true they do so. um I, I we we do need to recognize that at least um so you know back in season one michael had to call jan yeah well here in season five who does he call david mr david wallace, wallace. yeah <laughs> so we get a nice little chunk of david wallace who informs him of his third option yep well and i love before that when there's that scene where david says something to to the beat of um, oh, right. uh you're calling me to decide a basic budget uh decision and michael's like no i just want you to give me the answer <laughs> yeah i yeah i want you i want you to give me the answer i'm not the bad guy yeah. which is basic which is one of the primary tenets of michael's character if you didn't know <laughs> It's really, uh, it's really Michael teaching a masterclass on what Michael Scott is about. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, Burlington Code Factory. Yeah, six hundred forty-five dollars. Well, and and there's so many things that happen in those last ten minutes with that, or the last you know eight minutes or so with that, where you have Michael. You you learn about Michael's love of Burlington Coat Factory. Uh, you learn what uh, what fifteen percent of forty three hundred is. <laughs> it's just too bad he wasn't like Rain Man, like Kevin was hoping he was. Like he's a genius. <laughs> and then it's the uh, oh yeah, what is thirty three hundred ninety four times five thousand nine hundred twelve? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Michael's gonna he's gonna <laughs> prove him right. He's gonna <laughs> he, he is a genius. And we get my one of my all-time Michaelisms when he's testing out the chair, trying to convince everybody that they don't need anything. The term Urkelnomically correct is now on my Twitter page. <laughs> it's the first thing that I describe myself as. Urkelnomically correct. <laughs> and Jim's that's one of my favorite Jim's look to the cameras because he was like, that's a good one. <laughs> He's not even halfway laughing at him. He's just like, that's clever. <laughs> I hope Julia White's seen that. I really hope so. <laughs> what I like, too, is so the copier, when he tries to sell the copier to the office, it, it, he, he immediately takes, can't get his, he immediately fucks that up. Gets called takes out the on, original. That, Michael, that's the original. And then Doesn't he, say anything. He sits on the chair, and for a minute, you're like, okay, he's going to get away with this. But then finally, he goes to get out of the chair, and you see him struggle. The grunt. <laughs> Really great. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he gets his comeuppance eventually from in, in the Burlington I and love then... <laughs> that back and forth, uh, too, the way that plays out with the Oscar with the, do you know? <laughs> I think you know. And then the way he tells everyone, like Oscar had known the whole time. It's amazing that how much was happening behind the proverbial scenes oh. with Oscar knowing about the manager bonus and Notice having he didn't to mention get that to, to Michael. Michael. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Had to get the information to Michael to benefit the office. Oscar trying to work around his boss is beautiful. We, we learned that Oscar is not exactly the most um, 
what's the word? Uh, uh, ethical? No, uh, yeah, he's a little crafty. <laughs> a little crafty I mean, guy there. who of us would say that out outright when we know that they're never going to find out? Or, you know, would probably oh, for, for assume. Record, 100% would yeah, do that. Everybody yeah. would do it. If it's going to mean more money that will help the team in the long run, you got to do, <laughs> do, do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. But, but um, to let him know and then to find out and then just try to play it off. And, um, and then his ultimate master plan was thinking that they would ne- they couldn't come to a, it's, he's trying to teach a master class while he's, by the way, pouring sugar into his diet Coke, which is like a classic. I think, I think he'd mentioned he liked doing that and, before. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> diet Coke with Splenda. Splenda. That's thank you. Thank yep. you. Um, and then being shocked when they, Hey, Somebody compromise happens, people. So quickly. <laughs> he's not even done explaining how he's going to keep them tied up in bureaucratic bullshit forever. And, get a, and they we, are through the door. And we get a semi motherfucker. Chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they, I don't think, no, it wasn't beefed. We didn't hear, it was just a muck. Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> so good. And then cutting to him with the fucking coat oh, on. Yeah. And the three things he learned, of course, uh, that, you know, they were faster at coming to the decision than he ever would have guessed, mm-hmm. uh, that you should not use your credit card to buy something before you know you have the money to pay for it. Man, oh which God. really speaks to how much he loves Burlington Code Factor. He must have been out the door right after that last talking head. This is not good budgeting, Michael. You haven't. Yeah. So we come back to the fact that he can't budget. With how did shit. he get that $4,300 surplus? I'm shocked. <laughs> it seems like he can budget. Only only reason why is because Oscar handles the budget. That's, that's why. That's the common. Yeah, exactly. That and the common theme in the show is um, how is the the Scranton branch is succeeding, but everybody else isn't. Yeah. He still and he's as we'll see. I think that's coming up later. I'm not sure which season that is. He can't even explain it to himself. Oh yeah. Don't do anything ever. That's it. <laughs> and then, of course, out of nowhere, uh, and and it's almost, I wonder if this will be a dated reference at some point, if it's not already. The idea that buying a fur coat might prompt a protester to throw paint on you. Yeah. This, uh, this yeah, thing about the, throwing uh, yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. I mean. This thing about throwing paint onto, onto fur, coats fur coats is an animal rights thing. Animal rights. Um. I don't know. Like, does that still happen? I I don't know. If, I don't know if the paint throwing thing is a thing anymore. Well, but... and real fur is not as popular. Yes. Remember that was as we, a lot of times the the fake fur was not was kind of right. not as common and right. it was becoming more common. And people right. were saying if you're going to wear fur, wear fake fur. Right. You know. Right. Don't pay. <laughs> Pay six hundred and forty five dollars. Yeah, I have a <laughs> pack of rabbits killed. So you can have a fucking coat. What do you want, Cruella Seriously, Deville? You, you, you don't know? need that. You yeah, no need that. That nobody, shit. nobody needs that. My God. So Michael, yeah, come well, up. The rabbits, man. the rabbits yeah. need that fur. It's for them. <laughs> yeah, it's for, their, for their hopping. It's theirs, man. I don't know, but um, so quite a lesson for Michael. Quite a lesson. He, he's learned. He learned a lot this episode. Um, yeah, and budgeting, and he still didn't learn anything. Uh, really, the, so the air quality in the office obviously will not be fixed at all. <clears throat> so, so says the silent killer. The silent killer, <laughs> talking about silent killers. <laughs> you are the silent. Killer. Uh, wait, wait, radon from below, asbestos from above. Mm-hmm. Silent killers, These man. Are silent killers. <laughs> Toby's like, yeah, he he just has to. Oh wait, it was behind. Oh, it's when he was doing his magic trick, and the he's just kind of sitting there while he Michael's entertaining. Yeah, he's just a set piece. That's all Toby is in this whole episode, pretty yeah. much, except for that one little. He just scene. had that one scene. But he does make the he does make the going away semi not threat, but promise that you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's only Scranton, maybe strangler person. Maybe strangling with radon. May ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, and then uh, we don't really see much Creed this episode. No, we should see more. As I said, um, he should have been in on the chair talk. But yeah. um, we get a lot of reaction shots. From yeah, him. a lot of reaction. He's in there. He's good. I, I wait. Me- Meredith, I, we didn't see much. No. Of. We got Meredith complimenting Jim on standing up to Pam. Okay. Something she would definitely do. Um, You know, like, hey, I appreciate him trying to be genuine. Yeah. I get get where he's coming from on that. Uh, And this is why, and his his initial um, uh, uh, dilemma, if you will, uh, is why I would personally never date someone I work with. Because that's going to get awkward in multiple ways. Agreed, yeah. And, and, you know, true love's true love, but maybe you just have to take a different job somewhere, you know, some people. Like, yeah. some people can make it work, some can't. Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely something that would uh, keep but, it, yeah. If you didn't suddenly magically fall madly in love with a coworker to where you just were in a predicament, yeah. you're not going to be going out of your way to date anyone. No. Because you don't, why no. create a scenario where your work interests and your love interests are now not in alignment? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's there's a mm-hmm. better chance of it happening there than if it was someone who works somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, don't shit where you Stayed eat. outside the office, Jim. Come on, guys. Come on. And Pam, this is twice for you now. Come on. I don't know what to tell you. If you can't, if you can't get the hang of this, I don't know what. Yeah. I what mean, are you going to do date next? Date someone at corporate? Come ooh, on. Ooh. Date one of the cameramen? Yeah. Come on, Pam. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. oh. Date the boom mic guy? The one person listening just threw their iPhone across the room. Yeah. <laughs> Great episode. Really is. Love this episode. Uh and uh, just, I don't know, it's just, it's just fun. It's kind of Michael being, it's kind of Michael being like season one Michael, but like in a, in a funnier way. Yeah. And uh, just not wanting any responsibility and, and being inappropriate. But, yep. but by this point, everybody accept, accepts him more and, and loves him more. So it's just, a, it's just a funnier, I don't know, it's just funnier the way they do it. There's no horrible silent ending that I'm sure people yeah. thought it was really awkward and when they first saw it in season one yeah at the end where they just all walk out on him he's just like you know de- completely dejected yeah so. it's well because they don't kind of frame that anymore they they, yeah. they don't have those moments where they're just like yep he's a terrible terrible loser <laughs> yeah the way you do on the british show right you know yeah so it's, i mean uh, they, they have it perfected by now well and i i gotta tell you because of that Healthcare was an interesting episode. It was funny. It had some sharp writing. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. And I know not it's not for everybody. It's a great episode. Yeah. This is a more fun episode. Oh, of course. Yeah, totally. It's a much more fun episode. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how the show is and how much it's grown, how much more interaction all the other characters come in on it and make it better. Yeah. I mean, it's a real it's it's fun to sort of compare the t- it's like similar, you know, with similar story elements. Just with more characters and better storytelling, better writing, and a different take, and a different di- journey yeah. along the way. And and I mean, it showed how the the characters have changed. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's been growth, thankfully. Yeah. I mean, even just within him, he's still he's still a lot of the same, but just enough different. So and look how much he tried to lead with his family, his team, then lead to his family with mm. Dwight, like mm-hmm. he did last time. It's mm-hmm. just a different approach. It's a different Michael. It's a different cast. Yeah. It was great. It was awesome. And um, yeah, those uh, Angela and Andy, they're really going to go far. Yeah, or or just, you know, <laughs> step in a big old pile of shit. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't wait to see it. 
<laughs> I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> we hope you'll see you guys maybe next, next week. Next time. I think there's a Christmas happening, so we'll Is, see. Are we there? It's not your grandma's Christmas. Oh, wow. Ooh, baby. The People Persons Paper Podcast is an OLA Ministries production. The People Persons Paper Podcast is produced by Hilton Price and Brian Sittler. Engineering by Hilton Price. OLA Ministries is owned and operated by OLA Ministries, LLC. Contact Hilton Price and Michael Zampino for more information.